presented by Avast Creative Enterprises. The Fray, Chapter 1, The Massacre January 20th, 2133, 12.21pm, Capital City of the United States of America. Hundreds of people are gathered together in an old outdoor stadium to listen to their newly elected president take the oath of office. They stand tightly packed together on the field and watch as Josephine Powell becomes the leader of their country. The Constitution of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations, Madam President. Thank you to all who can hear my words, previous and current government officials, my fellow senators and my fellow citizens. Today, I wish to offer you a message of hope. Over the course of the last few years, we have seen we have seen many different events come to pass. Madam Powell stops and turns behind her to locate the shouting, and then turns to her protecting agent sitting near her. The agent is sitting up straight, also alerted by the shouts, but he just shakes his head in confusion. Our nation, currently plagued by a rampant and recondite virus, healing from the devastating and lasting effects of a world war, with a government broken by division and corruption, I offer... Before anyone can react, a dozen masked soldiers erupt from behind the podium. Armed with automatic weapons and dressed in black tactical gear, they open fire on those sitting on the podium. The president's protecting agents attempt to intervene, in vain. In one sweeping motion, moving with calculated elegance, these soldiers completely overwhelm the entire podium killing President Powell, her vice president, her cabinet, and what few active senators had decided to come support her. The people watching from the field scream in horror. They panic and attempt to flee, but more soldiers emerge, blocking the entrances to the stadium. Having them surrounded, the soldiers close in and proceed to fire upon those in attendance. Up above, more people watch from a closed off booth. As soon as they realize what's happening, they turn to run, but it's too late. Two soldiers storm into the booth. They open fire. Suddenly, the attackers stop. They've killed everyone in the booth except two people. They stand frozen, their eyes still staring down their sights, aiming their weapons at the survivors. Survivors are frozen with fear. No one says a word. No one moves a muscle. The attackers begin to lower their weapons when another masked soldier bursts into the room and takes two shots with a pistol. The two attackers fall to the ground. The mysterious soldier speaks to the survivors. I can get you out of here, but we have to move fast. The soldier turns to go out the door. They go running after him. The soldier leads them down several flights of stairs and into an underground tunnel. Stay here. There are two more I have to save. I'll be right back. The soldier takes off running back from where they came. The two survivors can still hear the gunshots from up above. They look at each other in pain knowing dozens of people are up there dying. Quickly, the soldier returns sprinting, with two others trailing behind. Together, 
The five run deeper into the tunnel. It's not long before the tunnel ramps up and they can see the light of day. They emerge from the tunnel, squinting from the bright light. The mysterious soldier leads them to a car. They all pile in as he starts it up. They speed out of there and head off towards the wastelands, a desert area outside the borders of the city. After about 30 minutes of complete silence, the soldier driving the car takes off his mask. I'm sorry you four had to go through all of that. I'm just glad I could get you out in time. He has a solemn but caring expression on his face. My name is Commander Carl Gatera of the U.S. military. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves? The four survivors look at each other, still in shock from what happened earlier. Commander Gatera turns to the survivor sitting in the passenger seat. Would you care to start? Tell me your name and where you're from. Before he answers Commander Gatera's question, he remembers the day before. January 19th, 2133, 6.13 p.m. Ethan, wash up for dinner. Your father just pulled in. Okay, Mom. Just one minute. Oh, I love the smell of a home-cooked meal, especially one made by my lovely wife. Welcome home, honey. Thank you, dear. Ethan? Dad? How was your day today, son? Ah, I guess it was all right. Better than bad. Have you been working on those college applications? Dad, I already told you I don't want to go to any of those preppy schools. Just because we're rich doesn't mean we have to throw around money. We're not throwing money around, Ethan. We've been blessed, and we want to use it to make sure you get a good education. Those schools would love to have you, too. You're smarter than all the other kids that go there. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Come sit down. It's all ready. Really, Ethan, your education is important. Thank you, dear. This is delicious. My pleasure. How were your meetings today? Oh, you know, politics. Of course. How is the summit party doing now? We've gained the majority of the Senate, right? We did a while ago, dear. It's 60-40 now. Wonderful! Wouldn't want those scum of the Bloodwine party having control of our government. Be nice, dear. No, I'm serious. They think they're underrepresented, that the government needs new leadership. Well, I'll tell them. The immune are the majority, so the others are a perfectly represented minority. Yeah, you tell them, Mom. And it'll be even better tomorrow when Madam Powell is inaugurated. Oh, she is spectacular. A fine representative of the summit party. Indeed she is. I like the things she's been saying she'll do recently. Apparently, there are some senators who voted for her and no longer support her, including many from our own party. Did you know that, honey? I did. It's been quite the buzz in the Senate. Well, either way, she won the majority of the Senate and was elected. She'll be great. And what was that gentleman's name who was going to lead the summit when she steps up? Latoro? Latoro, that's the one. Ah, Senator Latoro. Now he's great too, don't you think so, dear? Um, yes, dear. Of course. <laughs> Ethan, what's the matter? No, nothing. I just think it's funny when Dad lies. I'm not lying. Yeah, okay, Dad. Well, I think it's marvelous to be part of a party like the summit. One day we'll have complete control of the Senate. You're working on that, right, honey? <sighs> yeah, we're working on it. Is something wrong, dear? No, nothing. Well, we're still going to the inauguration tomorrow, right? Of course. Oh, wonderful. I can't wait to hear her speak. You know, they say you can tell what kind of president someone will be by their inaugural address. Well, I'm sure Madam Powell's will be My name is Ethan McDaniels from the capital city. It's nice to meet you, Ethan. Commander Gatera turns to a girl in the back. Your turn.
January 13th, 2133. One week before the inauguration of Madame Powell. Hey, Mom, can you... Justin, be quiet. Mom, can you help me with my homework? Mom, did you fall asleep on the couch again? Huh? What? No. Mom, I told you, just go to bed. You worked like 36 hours. Go get some rest. I'm fine, honey. I'm just watching TV. We're now just one week away from the inauguration of Madame Josephine Powell as the 70th President of the United States, and it seems that the mysterious political party, the throne, has finally gone silent. After weeks of verbal threats against the president-elect, promising to, and I quote, usurp her power and establish a tyrant, excuse me, the tyrant over the people, the preacher, the masked leader of this tyrannical group, is apparently at a loss of words. We will keep you updated with any new statements he makes in the upcoming days. Why can't they just, like, go after them and put them all in jail or something? Huh? What? The throne. Why can't they just arrest them all? They haven't done anything wrong, Myra. Uh, that preacher guy just threatened the president-elect. That can't be legal. Well, you know how your father and I feel. Yeah, but I mean, we have a military for a reason, right? I don't know, honey. If I was in charge, I'd lock them all away. Sometimes violence has to meet violence. Your father thought otherwise. Yeah, well, my father isn't here anymore. Myra. No, really, Mom. The crash was almost a year ago. His party doesn't have any Senate seats now. No one believes what he did anymore. It's not that no one believes. There's just no one left to represent those who do. Represent who? The last member of Broken Silence just died from Saren's virus a few months ago. I don't think there's anyone left. Times are different now. The summit has summit control, and the throne still makes violent threats. Someday, Myra, you'll understand. I doubt it. I'm Myra Carr, from Arlington Middlelands. Nice to meet you as well. Who's next? That's me. January 19th, 2133, 8 o'clock p.m. All right, Samantha. Your shift's up. You're good to go home. Oh, and remember it's payday. Go ahead and tap your e-chip on the sensor on your way out. Perfect, will do. Thanks, Eglin. No problem. And remember I have tomorrow off for the inauguration. Yes, right. That's tomorrow. So I'll see you the day after? Right. Have a nice night. You too. Bundle up. It's chilly out there. Will do. Hey, Sammy. How was work? Hey. Oh, you know... Same old boring job, just trying to make enough to keep mom somewhat coherent. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, it's nothing. No, really. I know you'd rather be finishing your degree, so it means a lot that you'd step away to help us out, and I'm sure mom appreciates it too. Uh, She's in the bedroom, if you want to say hi. All right. Mom? Samantha, sweetie! Hi, mom, I'm back from work. Sammy, today I was over with the one-back one. Yeah, Mom? You should want to get over there the one-back. It's great. Yep, I will. 
Samantha, sweetie, you're back from work back. Oh, Mom, I miss you. I'm gonna go help Dad now. Honey, yes, it love. I love you too, Mom. Is she alright? Good as she'll ever be with this stupid virus. It's hard on all of us, Sammy. Why is it taking her so fast? She had it as long as you have. Saren's affects different people in different ways. I guess I just got lucky. Or mom got unlucky. Well, either way, we do what we can. Heard anything from Jake? Nah, nothing since the last letter I showed you. He doesn't write very often. I'm sure he's very busy with his squadron. Still, you'd think he'd have time for his dad and little sister. Fighting away from home is demanding, I'm sure. He writes less now that mom is, you know, really losing it. I think he forgot about us. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, speaking of forgetting, you haven't forgot about the inauguration tomorrow, have you? Oh my gosh, Dad. Why are we even going to that? We got an invite direct from Madam Powell. And you don't find that a little bit odd? President-elect just casually invites two former senators of her rival party who were kicked out because of the virus. Heck, she didn't even invite all the senators from her own party. Why did she invite you? Well, we're gonna go. Just to be nice. You don't have to be nice to the enemy. What's mom gonna do? She's gonna stay here. Miss Nancy said she'd come and watch her. Good. I was not about to take her in public. Can you imagine what everyone would think if they saw someone so far gone at the inauguration? Oh, come on. They're used to it by now. Half of this country has sirens. Plus, they said they're gonna put us in a special booth above with some others who are infected. Oh, joy. Listening to political speeches from behind three inches of glass. My favorite pastime. <laughs> Thanks again for being tough, Sammy. Sure, Dad. My name is Samantha Caldwell. I live in Petronom, North Infected Lands. Samantha, welcome. And... last one? January 18th, 2133, 7.42pm. Jaden, can you get that? I'm running a little late. Sure, Mom. Commander Gatera! Jaden! I didn't know you were coming. Mom, it's Commander Gatera. Oh, Carl, how are you? Doing just fine, Mrs. Jackson. Wonderful. Oh, Carl, I wish I could stay, but I'm already late for my book club. No worries, ma'am. I actually just wanted to talk to Jaden for a moment. Well, it must have been important if you've come by in full uniform, your medals and all. <laughs> Something like that. I'm going to head out, Jaden. Love you. Love you too, Mom. Good to see you, Carl. You too, Mrs. Jackson. Safe travels. I'm always amazed at this gorgeous house. Your dad really did make a pretty penny. <laughs> yeah, and it's all ours. Now that he's... Oh, I, uh, I didn't mean to remind you. No, no, it's fine. Have a seat. What can I help you with? Thank you. Well, I have some interesting news. I... Are those your father's medallions from the last war over there? Yeah, they are. May I see them? By all means. Wow. This is marvelous. Your father was incredible. I'd say the best general our army had. Certainly the best general I ever had. Oh, here it is. You see this medallion? The crescent moon one? Yep. 
I've got one just like it. I wore it today, actually. Oh, yeah. There it is. There's only a few of them. Your father made them for us when he led our squadron, the Fourth Watch. (sighs) Almost ten years ago now, and I can still remember it like it was yesterday. I don't think I ever told you this, but when we got home from winning the war, President Haskins, the president at the time, how old were you then? Let's see, ten years ago? I was eleven. Ah, so you remember a little. Yeah. Well, President Haskins immediately offered your father a senator position. Now, he politely declined, but he told me later, don't you ever let me get into politics. I'd rather fight in another war. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew ten years later he'd be not only a senator, but the last member of the Broken Silence Party. And he'd still be here if it wasn't for Saren's. Yeah, I guess the combination of that virus and his blast injury just made him too weak to fight it. May he rest in peace now. Why did he change? What? I mean, how did he go from being an incredible military general, fighting terrorists and infected rebels like it was nothing, to the leader of the most pacifistic political party in the history of this country? (laughs) I wondered the same thing myself for a while. He never told me, but I think it was because of you. What do you mean? Well, before he was a senator, he pulled some strings to get you into that military black ops program. I think when you came home from training and he saw you again, he just realized that he hadn't set the best example for you. Was I, like, crazy or something? No. No, but I think you were different enough that he questioned it. He talked to you then, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He told me that he had decided to leave the military and join Broken Silence. Then he said he'd support me in any decision that he'd made. And you left the military too? I left the military too. He was a good man. I respected him highly. It seems you did too. He believes strongly in keeping the peace. Which reminds me of why I came. Yeah? You and your mother are still planning on attending the inauguration on Tuesday, right? Yeah, why? Well, we got wind of something that's going to happen that day, and... Well, I I need you to remember what your father believed when I say... Yeah? Just don't do anything about it, okay? What? What do you mean? Something less than ideal is going to happen at the inauguration, and because of your training and your skill, your instinct will be to try and stop it. But I don't want you intervening and getting hurt, so just don't intervene, okay? Okay, don't fight back. Right. Can you do that? Anything for Dad. Okay, good. Thanks, Jaden. And if it goes really far south, I'll I'll make sure you're safe. Me too? Yes, you! My name is Jaden Jackson from Sky Village, South Infected Lands. Nice to meet you all. Where are we headed? We're headed to a safe house to the northeast in the wastelands. We should be there shortly, and then I'll explain everything I can. The four survivors and the soldier drive another half an hour or so before they spot a broken down shack. Commander Gatera pulls the car in close. All right, everyone inside. We don't have much time. The four jump out of the car and run into the shack. It's simple. A table surrounded by chairs in the middle, cabinets around the side. Everyone listen closely. Those people that shot up the inauguration are probably hot on our trail, which means we don't have much time until they're here. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know, and then answer your questions, okay? The four respond with nothing but blank stares. Good. 
Now, a coup d'etat has begun. Those soldiers are highly skilled and extremely dangerous, obviously. If they succeed, our country is at serious risk of complete ruin. And you four are the only hope of stopping them. Commander Katera, slightly amused by their blank expression, reaches down and pulls out a map and lays it on the table. Look, we're here, up in the northeast corner of the wastelands. In order to stop the coup, you four must go here. All the way to the southeast corner by the seashore, okay? As soon as I grab the rest of these things, we'll get you back in the car, and I'll take you... Oh no. I thought we'd have more time. What was that? They're already here. Okay, you four get in the car and drive to this spot. There you'll find a safe house. Open it up using this key. Commander Gatera pulls a big, old-fashioned key out from under the table and hands it to Jaden. Inside you'll be equipped with what you need to save this country. Alright, you guys better go. What about you? I'll stay back. When they see someone is still here, they'll overlook you. But you guys need to go. Commander Gatera throws the car keys to Myra and walks over to a metal cabinet. He rips it open and begins assembling a fully automatic weapon. Samantha grabs the map off the table and the four of them turn to run out the door. Jaden! Yeah? The situation here, it's going to get really messy. Don't believe anything anyone says, okay? Sure. Except... Except I need you to trust the Preacher. If you do, there's a chance we can still solve all of this. A, a chance to win. Commander, I... I wish I had more time to explain, but you need to go. What? Go! The four of them pile into the car and take off. Jaden looks back at the shack, hoping his friend will be okay. They drive for less than a minute, and then they hear the gunfire. The coup has begun. The country is at risk. And these four are the only hope. The Fray was written and directed by Nathan Bain and produced by Joseph Phillips. Original music was composed and edited by Joseph Phillips. Chapter 1 of The Fray, The Massacre, featured the voices of Andrew Stewart as Jaden Jackson, Lauren Bain as Samantha Caldwell, Sadie Squire as Myra Carr, Carter Valentine as Ethan McDaniels, with Taylor Egan as Commander Carl Gutera, and Sidney Melling as President Josephine Powell. Additional voices included Spencer Rowe as Owen McDaniels, Lauren Bain as Ethan's mom, Mackenzie Colstead as Myra's mom, Michael Heil as Jacob Caldwell, Abby Baker as Jackie Caldwell, with Ryan Egan as Eglin, and Elena Wright as Jaden's mom. <laughs>